Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the TLDR News Podcast. I'm joined today by Rory Taylor, uh, TLDR writer, I guess. Yeah. That is definitely You can't stop saying I guess. I know, because I don't know that what is my title job. is anymore. That's what I I'm do. I'm so used to saying social yeah. media guy. Um, and Zach Michaelis, yeah. our editor-in-chief. Thank you, yeah. How are you both doing today? Pretty good. Good to be back. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Been, um, been a busy few weeks in the news. Um, not so much domestically. Uh, but yeah, so we thought today we'd try and cover Rishi Sunak's five pledges, because it's been what, about six months since he first made yeah. them? Um, and to be frank, they're not going brilliantly well. Um, so we'll just, I think we'll just run through them one by one, sort of evaluate how he's doing um, and how this is sort of affecting his his leadership. Um, I think we'll probably have a full video accompanying this, which we'll, we'll link down below if it does come out. Um, but yeah, so we'll just, we'll just get right Rattle into it through. and start with the uh with the first pledge which was to half inflation so uh do either of you want to sort of talk a little bit about inflation and how that's going um well i'll just give them context to the the pledge quickly sure. and maybe you can talk about the numbers because you like doing that kind of thing right that's yeah. a bit sassy but sorry <laughs> okay <go> um <laughs> So this was, he, he said he'll half inflation this year, as in this calendar year, um, to ease the cost of living, blah, blah, blah. So he actually gave himself a time limit, which is different to the other pledges. Um, at the time uh, he made that pledge, it was between 10.1 or 10.4%, I think. Um, so halving that would you know, be down to around 5%. Um, we're not there yet. He's still got six months, but currently it's not going too well, is it? <laughs> that was a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, it's going pretty terribly. Um, it's, I mean, as we all know, the inflation rate is still 8.7%. That's unchanged from April. That's the latest data for May. Um, and I, I, most people don't think that inflation is really going to come down that much more, especially by the end of the year. Um, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but like, I think even if it were to come down quite significantly, which I think actually, to be fair, I'm more optimistic about this than most analysts. I think there's a good chance that inflation does come down as like lower energy prices feed through. And I think that we should see uh, at least a slowing down, a disinflation of food prices soon. And those are some of the biggest drivers of inflation. I also don't think that wage growth can last. But anyway, let's leave that aside. But I think even if it were to come down quite significantly, part of the problem for Rishi Sunak is that it's... It's still bad vibes. Like inflation is still uncomfortably high, and the economic situation in the UK is just still not good. The vibe economy is still going to take a bit of a hit. Yeah, mm. exactly. And I also think, and everyone thinks this, is that if inflation was to come down to a sort of manageable level, that would almost definitely, well, well, a lot of people think that would actually be a consequence of a steep hike in interest rates. And this leads on quite nicely, nicely to the second pledge, but that would almost definitely, uh, as a consequence, entail. Uh, a recession sure so and again not good for the bias-based political economy because <laughs> you you might be able, you might be able to claim that oh look inflation is down but at the same time at least one of his other targets would have been broken which is the second target which we'll get on to um but even targets aside the economy just feels rubbish then and his sort of appeal or his sort of the, the way he wants to present as a sort of competent economic manager is is undermined well we, we spoke about this at length last time so if anyone hasn't seen the last sort yeah, of episode sure. of this so it's probably worth watching um uh, because you know the, the tldr of that is that it's not really his he's not got much power over that it's the bank of england and oh, yeah. he's he's taking responsibility for that but as i say we discussed that a lot on the other one so we'll, we'll move on um to the second pledge which was to uh, grow the economy and as you said worry this one doesn't have uh, a time limit on it um but that one also isn't looking like it's going too well yeah um, I think since when they actually made the pledge, they didn't really do time limits. But I think since then they've said 
the metric by which they'll measure it is that um, they will have met the pledge if the economy is bigger in the fourth quarter of 2023 than in the previous quarter in quarter three. Um, but that data won't actually be released until February 2024. So that one can still be a question mark right up until that point. Um, however, you know, that, that there's different ways you could measure have you grown the economy this year, but I think comparing the final quarter to the third quarter is a bit different to comparing the size of the economy at the start of the year and the size of the economy at the end of the year. So they kind of have given themselves possibly an easier way of measuring it. Do you yeah, think? but again, I think the vibes thing comes yeah. in again, which is that, you know, 0.1% yeah. growth in the fourth yeah. quarter or between the third and fourth quarters is crap. And it's it's still just not good vibes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that the, this is all just made worse by the fact that he did a huge press conference and said, I, judge, judge me on this. I want the electorate yeah. to judge me on this. Yeah. And the, the minute you say that, as you say, even if you technically meet the requirements, when you make such a massive deal out of it and you stake so much of your political life on those five pledges, a 0.1% growth rate, that even though you technically hit it, it just doesn't yeah. look good for you as a prime minister, especially if that comes alongside not meeting other pledges. Yeah. Um, when he actually made those pledges, we did a podcast on it. We did. And at the time, I don't know if this is embarrassing for us or for him, but we'll, you know, let us know. We were kind of making out that they give themselves quite easy pledges to meet, especially the inflation one, because at the time the forecast, you know, did see inflation potentially going, uh, going down by more than half over the year. But uh yeah so we were saying oh he's you know a bit of a cop out he's given himself easy pledges but actually turns out well just, just to well be fair we, to us that th the media as well were also yeah. saying this and labor's yeah. attack line was that they're so easy to hit that um it'd actually be impressive if he didn't yeah. hit them yeah which is kind well, of funny was, considering where we are it was all based on bank of england forecasts and the yeah. bank of england mm. at the time was saying that they thought they would get inflation under control relatively quickly yeah um and obviously that isn't how things have panned out no. The last thing I'll say on this, I didn't realise until Rory very helpfully printed out the notes, is that he also said that he wants to create better paid jobs. And I think that's a really interesting pledge because it's sort of an homage to the Boris Johnson, the politics of the 2019 election, isn't it? Where he yeah. was talking about sort of one of the reasons he was anti-immigration or like at least he wanted to take back control of the borders is so that he could guarantee sort of low and medium skilled jobs, higher wages, you know, to avoid them being undercut by you know, lower paid immigrants, essentially. Um, but and I think that Sunak knows that, that is politically necessary if the Tories want to stand a chance of winning the next election. But it's in real tension with his sort of like economically conservative instincts, mm. especially when it comes to inflation. And you know, Sunak does back the Bank of England 100%, and the Bank of England, and, and Sunak definitely clearly believes this as well. The Bank of England is advocating for wage restraint, and you see this actually in the in the wage negotiations with the public sector. In that Sunak keeps on parroting this line, which is that you can't give higher wages because it will stoke inflation and possibly risk this wage price spiral. Um, and yeah, you see what I mean? There's, there is just this really uncomfortable tension. And I think it's a symptom of this sort of wider, more general fact, which is just that there is not the political appetite for Sunak's particular sort of neo-Osborne, neo-Cameron, austerity-based brand of politics. There just isn't a political appetite for it. But this also comes into conflict with his previous policy when he's doing negotiations with the trade union, specifically... Um, uh, like, uh, rail workers, for example, of him not getting the government not getting involved in those negotiations because he's saying, "Well, we'll leave it up to them." Him saying that we want to uh, create higher paying jobs when people have asked for for more money, uh, he's he's taken a hands off approach to that. So it comes in direct, um, you know, conflict with his approach to to public sector, uh, you know, requests for increases in public sector wages. Um, 
because he's had a very hands-off approach and has, has not agreed to, to increase them. So, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting approach from from the Prime Minister there. Um, so, yeah, neither of those, the first two, not looking too optimistic for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, we should say there is still time. There but, is still time, <laughs> you know, of, course. Uh, of course. If the trajectory continues the same, then it's... Yeah, but it's certainly, right. it's certainly not as easy as people were making it out yeah. to have been at the beginning of the year. So moving on to the third one then, which is make sure that the national debt is falling. Um, Zach, do you want to do you want to jump in on this one? So again, I think that the, the devil is in the detail here, isn't it? In that when they say make sure national debt is falling, obviously like that sounds like it means that we're just sort of reducing our debt burden. But our debt burden isn't really falling, I don't think. Did we? Is it that the UK debt hit 100% of GDP recently? Yeah. Did I read that? Yeah, right? yeah. 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 And I think you can get too caught up in the sort of like, you know, that measuring against GDP and they're like precise figures. Um, but the, the, the basically the headline here is that debt isn't really falling, or at least not significantly. Um, and we're still going to be in the same sort of like ballpark that we, you know, we, we, we're still going to be in the same ballpark at the end of 2024 as we were basically at, since we came out of the pandemic. Yeah. And that I think that without significant cuts to public services, significant long-term cuts to public services, or significant rise in taxes, the chances of the national debt falling significantly are basically zero. But the way that they phrase this is the sort of technicalities are that they only need to get debt to start falling at the very end of their term. And there's ways you can do that. Like you can, you know, you can make temporary adjustments to taxing and spending to, to sort of meet that criteria. But the sort of the headline here is that country's finances still are under strain, at least if you are worried about national debt levels. And you do need structural adjustments to the economy if you want to start reducing national debt, which I don't think they have the time or the political space to make. I think this one, again, falls into the category of the other two, that they've created like a headline promise to say it, it's... And then they've followed it up with the specifics. So even if they hit the specifics, the sort of headline thing that they the promised... Vibes. The vibes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The vibes aren't um, good. No, so they they could look like they failed even if they even if they do technically succeed. Um, and I, I also think... just think that like that one of the this does sort of interact with a more general like uh, public sector thing. So like if you want to make those cuts, you you do have to you, if you want to bring debt down, you just find cuts somewhere. And again, like I just don't think that they have the political space to make significant public sector cuts. I think oh, I can't remember when this was, but there's a whole debate about cuts, and I think we discussed it on the podcast last year. And it was effectively that we've we've cut all of the fat out of public services over the last few years anyway, and that there just isn't at this point you're going to have to cut something pretty significant in order to to to, to do that. There's, there is no there's not much more inefficiency, or at least obvious inefficiency that you can you can get rid of. There's going to have to be real significant um, political decision, which will bring its own you know, kickback where they to, to reduce spending. Well, yeah, I think that's really interesting because you're touching on something there is that like, I feel sympathetic for Sunak here because there is no like fat left to be cut as it were. Um, and actually everyone wants, if you ask them about specifics, they want increased public spending everywhere. So yeah. everyone thinks that policing is broken, for example, because you get your bike nicked in London and no one's going to do anything about it because the police don't have time. Everyone thinks that like the NHS is broken because it is, it's on its knees, waiting lists are still going up. You know, every doctor you talk to is telling you how much of a crisis and and like everyone wants more military spending, for example, because we're, you know, there's a renewed threat of war in the European continent. Uh, it's, everyone's more worried about security post-Ukraine for understandable reasons. Um, so if you ask about these individual sectors, they say they want more spending. But then you also ask them about, or at least you ask conservative voters about like, oh, what do you think about the state of the public finances? And they go like, oh, God, we're, we've got way too much debt. You know, this is clearly unsustainable. 
And so there's this sort of like paradoxical demand from the electorate and there's no real way to square it. And I think like that this is going to relate again to like his fifth pledge. But there's a very similar thing going on with immigration, which is that people, Tory voters at least, don't want higher immigration, at least in the aggregate. But then you start asking them specifics. You know, do you want people less fruit pickers? You know, if so high food prices, do you want less foreign nurses and so more strong the NHS? Do you want, you, you know, all of these questions, essentially. Um, and when you start getting to the specifics, they say, oh, no, oh do you, for example, do you want less Hong Kong mm. nationals? People say, oh, God, no, we want all of those things. But that does imply higher immigration. And Sunak is caught between these sort of two conflicting demands. And again, in a, in a sense, it's a symptom of the fact that the Tory party has been playing a very cake and eat it game for a very, very long time. And they're sort of finally paying the price for that. Sorry, yeah. bit of a rant. But no, yeah. no, I, I completely agree. I think the interesting one there is especially on immigration. And, and you are right that they've spent years talking about bringing immigration down and then Sunak's come in and, you know, I know this wasn't him, I think this was Johnson, but the, the um, Homes for Ukraine scheme, Hong Kong scheme, you know, they are drivers of why um, the immigration rates are where they are. But they've been saying for years about bringing yeah. them down. So it's, you're completely right about that. You know, I completely agree with you on that. And then the, they end the, up going after things like foreign students, which actually massively backfires on universities. Yeah. You need the money. And yeah, rock and but hard place. It's basically. worth reiterating that he didn't have to make these promises, that these yeah, are, that's true. you know, I, yeah. I, I, there is an amount of sympathy I have. Yeah. But, you know, you don't have to get in front of a podium and promise all these five things. Um, but anyway, we should move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And I think Zach touched on that briefly then. Uh, which is NHS waiting lists, and obviously this is this has been a particularly bad one for a number of years. It's been rising, been rising for years, particularly badly affected, obviously by the pandemic, as many other countries were. But I, I don't know the exact figure that it, it is at now. Do either of you know yeah, this? It's, uh, currently at seven point four two million. I wow, did, off the page. Of your I'm head, yeah. really impressive. Uh, seven point four two million, which yeah. is its highest ever. Yeah. Um, and this is the waiting list of people waiting to receive hospital care. Um, uh, at the time that he made the pledge, it was 7.2 million, so it has gone up since then. Um, however, the pledge in full was NHS waiting lists will fall uh, and people will get the care they need more quickly. So I don't know when he'll say that, uh, I don't know when the you know the time limit for this pledge is, but I guess he could say, so 7.2 when he made the pledge, if it goes up to 7.4 now, maybe it goes up to 7.5. If it goes back to 7.4, can he then say the waiting <laughs> list is falling? I don't know. That's, that seems a bit dodgy. It's not good for the vibe-based uh, yeah. system, though, yeah. really. Um, and just today, uh, I don't know when this will go out, but, you know, today as a recording, uh, one of the health ministers said that the waiting list in England will probably go up before it comes down. Sunak's even acknowledged that it won't come down until going into next year ahead of the next election. So uh, you kind of get the sense that they will go for that approach of, well, it is starting to come down, so at least we're doing something right. Yeah, which yeah. again, I mean, it's 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 an interesting one because they haven't they haven't said specifics like they have with the other pledges yeah. here. Um, so I assume that they I, I'm, I'm probably agree with you that they probably will let it go up to seven point five. It goes down to seven point four and say, well, we achieved what we said. Yeah. But that's not again. It's not a great. It's not a great look. I think. Yeah. You, did you see the interview with Laura Koonsberg? Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I uh, don't think so. Soon I did an interview. I think you you really this really sort of um, it demonstrated the political feasibility of that line. Which as soon as I did an interview with Lord Koonsberg, and it was sort of forty minutes long. Was this on a Sunday show? Yeah, well, I don't remember, but it was yeah, whatever. It was like a last week, right? And in it, they start talking about the NHS, and he started pointing out that you know we've got this new long-term workforce plan. We've got that new thing about making sure patient choice, which could long-term bring down some of the 
the waiting list. And to his credit, and I think this is true, that he has basically no one waits more than two years for an operation anymore, or is on the waiting list for more than two years, and very, very few people are on it for more than 18 months. And that's significant. And one of the reasons that the net waitingness has gone up is because there's been a real focus on those people who basically had really long waits post-pandemic and over the pandemic. And that makes sense. It's not the most efficient way of dealing with the waiting list, and it doesn't bring the headline number down, but it's sort of, you know, it makes sense to prioritize people who've been waiting for a really, really long time. But she just sort of responded by saying, but the NHS is in crisis, you know, the NHS is in crisis. And he got quite grumpy and he was like, but look, look at the things we're doing. We're making these long-term adjustments. And he's right in a sense, but she just gets this thrown back in his face, which is just that like, well, the NHS is still in crisis. You haven't solved the NHS problem. And I think that in a way he thinks that like, oh, I'm doing the right thing within the bounds of possibility right now. But the public and Lord Coonsberg clearly think that like, oh, the Tories broke it and sure, you can make some tweaks around the edges, but fundamentally, you haven't fixed it. Yeah. And he's going to say, well, I can't fix it. I've only got two years. But it's still like whether you broke it. So. But, th- but that argument that argument is true of all of the all of these in the sense that um, he's trying to demonstrate that he's fixing these problems, but also admitting that they're quite difficult. But from the electorate's point of view, he's a Tory. Tories have been in for 12, 13 years. Yeah. You know, this You've is a... Perfectly. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem for him. That, yeah. that, that, that's, the, um, that's the difficulty that he has. Um, so yeah, either of you got anything to add on waiting lists, or should we move on to the? I don't think so. Move on to the final one, uh, which is small boats. So this is sort of you, you, you know, there are three so far. We've had three economics ones, one on the NHS, and we've got one on boats at the end, um, which seems more of a sort of Tory-specific. Um, you know, mm. the, the economy and the NHS, everyone can agree on. This fifth one seems to be more party-based. This seems to be more of a thing to try and appease his, you know, uh, backbench MPs, voters, all that. Um, but it's to try and stop small boats crossing the channel. Um, and we've seen over the last couple of years that the, the government has tried to address this problem, mainly through introducing new legislation, giving certain bodies more powers. But but for all intents and purposes, that's not really going to do much. It's 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 a much more complicated problem mm. than that than just giving more powers to certain institutions. Um, and we've we've seen small boats are, are still coming across despite these the, you know this raft of uh, uh, legislation. Um, so Rory, yeah, um, the fun thing about this pledge, and I think we pointed it out. I say you know fun very loosely, but uh, I think we pointed it out when he made the pledge is that the actual pledge is we will pass new laws to stop small boats. Mm. Um, you know. It's not so. It's not saying them. we will affect. Yeah. You know, it will be effective. Uh, but currently, there is the illegal migration bill uh, that presumably will become law at some point. Even though it's a lot of opposition in the Lords, but probably not enough to actually um, just you know kill it off. Um, so that will probably become law, and they can say we have passed this new law. But um, doesn't you know? Just like with the Nationality and Borders Act that came a year before it, it's probably not going to stop people coming across the Channel. Um, also, their whole flagship Rwanda plan yeah. um, deemed unlawful. Uh, it's that... more of a PR scheme, though. Yeah, Rwanda. It's not. Yeah. It's not a plan. It's not. They're not going to send many people because the, the constant court challenges. And now it's being yeah. ruled unlawful um, anyway. So, I think, I'll say is that to be fair, they're trying to emulate the Australian model, and the Australian model, while it did end up being very expensive, did work for a bit. Uh, there were there were sort of senses in which that now doesn't hold. I mean, obviously, Australians had a more accessible island to sort of put, plonk what they deemed illegal migrants on. Mm. Uh, but they're trying to emulate the scheme. And if, if you did emulate it properly, maybe it would work. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, so that one, it has been deemed unlawful, but it will go to the Supreme Court. So I'll yes. have to wait and see with that one. But um, I guess if we're talking about the vibes again, um, 
for the last and, few, and we should yeah for the last few years they've been saying this legislation will sort it out the Randall plan will sort it out but we're years on from there none of their none of these plans have actually worked we're getting close to the next election um the number people are still coming across the channel seems like a rite of passage now for new home secretaries to yeah. say that their new law is going to be the law that ends small boats yeah and you get increasingly harsh language of the uh of the the laws that they're so national anti borders act then it's illegal migration i Dread to think what the next, yeah, what the next act one is. is going to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, each each new home secretary seems to think that they're going to be the one to fix it. And so far, uh, mm. we you know we're no we're no closer. Yeah. So, but I agree with you. It's very interesting that they say that we'll, we'll introduce new laws, but it's not promising to 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 actually. Yeah. End it. I mean, the government can and will use the fact that some of their plans, like the Rwanda one, are being held up by courts to to say, look, we're trying, but it's those these lefty, lefty lawyers, lefty lawyers yeah. of course, unelected judges stopping us, um, which will, uh, you know, will work for some people, but lots of people, I think, won't buy that. Um, but yeah, that's number five on yeah. their list. And it's, you know, okay, they are passing new laws, but uh, not having much effect at the moment. So I think we can say that one's not going too well as well. No. So just... To sort of wrap up, then, unless you've got anything else to add on small boats, Zach. No, I don't think. I don't think there's nothing that interesting there. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, so I think just just to end up um, to, to to finish up with then for for both of you of these five, which ones do you think he's likely to? I want to get this on the record now because at the end of the year, oh, I'm God. sure we'll go through this. So, which of these five do you think he will be successful with, and which do you not? So, should we? I think. Uh, I think we'll go one each. We'll just go Zach first. Which okay. which of no, the five? Can you get? Can you, can you get Rory? Well, get Rory first. I will. Okay, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy into their framing of the small boats pledge and say that yes, they will pass a new law to stop new boat to stop small boats. Yeah. I don't think it will work, okay. but they will pass that. Okay. Law. Yeah. I think I'm in agreement. I yeah. think they'll definitely. I'm gonna go with on technicality. On a technicality, they'll they'll, they'll yeah. succeed. What about yes. vibes? Which ones do you think he'll? He'll, he'll, he'll manage to convince people he's, he's exactly done. which ones do you think so like he ticks the vibes box <sighs> I possibly think, i yeah. don't know really maybe the national debt one because that is a actually i think the period of the medium term period they're talking about goes beyond the next election and not many people are actually monitoring the national debt in the way that they know how good the local nhs is or anything so i, I think that, yeah. i don't think people will be convinced of that one i just think people won't worry about i think the one, one. I, I i really think that they're not going to hit is waiting lists i think that that is still going to go up and they might try to argue that technically it started falling mm. but it won't have fallen below the figure b below the point it was at when they okay. made the pledge okay. so i think they're not going to they're not going to su succeed on that inflation i think is up in the air i think they could realistically do that uh, i think they've got more of a chance of reducing that than they do the waiting lists um economy i think they'll succeed on on a technicality Boats, they'll succeed on a technicality. Yeah, a lot of technicalities. Yeah. Um, I think they're failing on all of them vibe-based. Yeah. I Basically, you know, when it comes to the next election, people, if they're thinking about the NHS, for example, they're probably not going to be thinking about the exact number of people on the waiting list. They're going to think about their last experience at their doctors or hospital, aren't mm. they? And if that was a bad one, which it probably was, they're probably not going to be very sympathetic. Um, yeah. So it's not good news for, for the government, basically. Zach's been studying your sheet quite... I'm uh, just thinking... Yeah. I, so, hmm, I don't actually think this is the most likely outcome, but I am a lot, I'm more optimistic than most people about inflation. 
Okay. Although I have been what's described as team transitory ever since inflation happened, and I now look like a bit of a pillock because it's definitely not transitory. But I'm still team transitory. <laughs> so I'm going to say that inflation will come down. It's very unlikely, but I'm going to say inflation will come down. Or most people think it's very unlikely. Below, uh, what, 5%? You reckon yeah. it'll half? Well, I, I, I think they'll come closer than people think. Okay. Or they, you say they. I mean, they don't really have any power over it whatsoever. I think, like, the, and I don't think the Bank of England have much power over it whatsoever, but I think international factors, global factors, will mean that inflation does fall uh, sure. a little bit. Um, I think he'll fail by quite a distance. I don't think, I think you might make it on technicality on the second one about growing the economy, but I think that the economy will feel terrible and I don't think people will feel better in their better paid jobs. I think real wages will probably be lower than they, they were. Um, when it comes to national debt, I think he'll fail the vibes. I actually think he'll fail, fail. I think there'll be too many crises for him to get away with not borrowing more. Waiting lists, oh, I, I don't know. I think I probably agree with you that he might meet it on a technicality, but I think it's not compared to where it was when it, mm -hmm. they made the pledge. And small boats, I think actually he will fail by an even bigger distance than people currently expect him to mm -hmm. fail by. I think actually the numbers were suppressed for the first half of this year because the weather was quite bad. And the second the weather got good, we saw this massive uptick in small boat crossings. So I think that that will continue to get worse. And I just don't see any way of it getting any better at all. Yeah. This well, was, we'll... Yeah. Sorry. No, no, go on. I was going to say, this was like an old school Big issue episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. To the, back to the original one. Yeah, I don't know how many people watching this will get that reference, but that's... I don't know. We'll, we'll see in the comments. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll circle back around to this uh, a little later in the year and see how many of our predictions were, were correct. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I think I'll hold you to account more than I will the Prime Minister on your uh, assessments of it. So uh, that'll Thanks be good. That. Um, but yeah, thank you both for joining. And I'm sure we'll, uh, you know, be back again. Next week. be back next week. We'll try yeah, and keep week. it weekly, despite our absence last week. We'll try and keep it weekly yeah. from now on. All right. All right. Thank you both. No problem.